Welcome back to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. For today's episode, we are re-airing a conversation between Elizabeth Frederick and Lane Booth on growing your dashboards. You can find the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 316. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Sales, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am really excited to speak to today's guest. She has just the most important foundational topic to discuss. She is the Chief Operations Officer of the Project Booth, helping business owners simplify their numbers so they can stop guessing what they're good and start making smarter business decisions. She spent the first part of her career in the corporate world. She was working in process improvement and analytics, forecasting. She's certified project management professional and a Six Sigma green belt. She knows what she's talking about. (laughs) And she is a prolific speaker and author based in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Lane Booth. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I am really excited to have you join me. I know, as we've spoken before, I think so many business owners and leaders um, uh, really have a lot of questions about this. But before we get into everything, um, I just shared the bullets of your resume, but I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners as well. Yes, my pleasure. So hi, everyone. I'm Lane Booth. And I got into this field accidentally. So as Elizabeth mentioned, you know, I spent a good amount of my time in corporate, but have now really, really focused on the small business space, because the tools that we're using in corporate these days are not the tools that are so readily available in small businesses. So now we love to share analytics in a smart and concise way to where small business owners can really make those smarter decisions. And so we literally help, you know, multi six and seven figure entrepreneurs bring the data, not the drama when it comes to growing their (laughs) business. And we love to help them actually implement dashboards so that they know what's happening and they can keep a thumb on the pulse of their business business without diving into operations every day. Definitely. Um, that that really resonates because when you think of all of these big companies, they have amazing tools to slice and dice data, to get data from all these different places. They have a lot of times whole teams that work on analytics. And then you get into the small mid-sized space and there's nobody whose job this is. There's not a tool maybe that they feel like they can afford or know how to implement. And They feel like they're in the dark ages compared to the larger companies that really have a lot more resources. Absolutely. Or or they're in this space where they don't know what they don't know. So Mm. they either know they need analytics or they're absolutely have no idea that that's even something that could support them and make their life simpler as they grow their business. Mm. Well, that leads into the first question I want to ask, because you're all about helping business owners simplify the numbers. Um, I'm imagining that's because there are problems and complications (laughs) and confusion that they have. So I'd love it if you could just start by sharing, what are some of the common challenges that you see leaders face as they're approaching data and metrics and analytics? Absolutely. So the first thing is, is knowing, knowing that numbers can help you. Um, And when you when you know that, then the next question that tends to come up for people, well, if I know they're important, then how the heck do I get to them? And where are they? They seem to be hiding behind a rock somewhere. And I'm not sure, you know, how I can find them or how to make the most of them. And so that's typically the second question that I see coming from entrepreneurs and small business owners and, uh, and even in midsize and up is where do I go look for the right information? Because the last thing they want to do is be inundated with too much 
much information. Like we've all heard, you know, analysis paralysis, Mm -hmm. and that's certainly something that we want to avoid. So uh, being able to find the data is typically one of the most, you know, common challenges. And the advice I'd give to you if if you're facing that right now is that it's already there. You just need to know where to look for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, raise your hand if you're using some sort of software or application to run your business, right? Like all hands should be up unless you're driving right now. (laughs) So um, the software and tools that we use day in and day out often house most of the information we need. Probably 80% of the information you need is already being tallied up somewhere. And it's just time for you to recognize it and start utilizing it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's something that I think um, a lot of businesses don't recognize the frustration it causes for their employees when their employees are entering data into systems, whether they're explicitly entering data, like I am putting numbers into QuickBooks, or I am putting, um, you know, details about a project into Basecamp, or I am putting um, information about my customers into our CRM system. That is really frustrating if, if employees feel like I'm putting it in there and it's not being used by leadership. It's not even being read by leadership. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like you said, there's also just if your team is using all of these tools, even just your phone system, you can get a lot of reports right out of it without people having to actually manually enter data. It can tell, you know, have people been logging in and using it? Um, the status of Absolutely. various things, how, how old records are, when things have been updated. And that doesn't require any extra effort. It's just literally getting the data that's already there. Right. And that really, it really does tie in as well with what information do I need to be tracking? Um, Because once you know, once you have, you know, you believe and understand that, oh, these applications, you're right, they're already housing a lot of the information that I need. Then it becomes a matter of, well, what do I want to pull? Do I want to know number of outbound calls for the day by sales team member? Do I want to know um, how many leads I have in my CRM? Do I want to know how many have been contacted in the last 30 days? You know, it becomes a matter of, you know, really figuring out where are your biggest challenges? Mm-hmm. What are your biggest goals or what's your intention um, that you have for growth strategy with the business? And then selecting metrics that are going to support you in making those critical business decisions around those items. That is such a great point because there are some indicators that we all definitely need to be watching, things like revenue and profit and all of that. But so often I see leaders that feel like they should be measuring things just because they should. Things like, you know, we've talked about outbound call activity. And if that fits your strategy of lead generation, if that's a really critical element of the way that you're managing your team, certainly tracking that and reporting on it and focusing on it makes sense. But if not, it's kind of a silly thing to waste time and energy managing <laughs> because if if you're not going to make decisions based on it, if it's not going to drive um, questions, if it's not going to drive action, then there's no sense in measuring it and um, and you know putting it up on on a really really complicated dashboard because you end up overwhelmed. Absolutely. And you got to remember too, the dashboard isn't just for one person. It's not just yours. (laughs) You know, it tends to also be for the leadership team. You may have team-based dashboards. So keeping in mind, what are the objectives? What are the deliverables of everyone that's going to be utilizing the dashboard can really also help you, 
you know, simplify what's going to be on there? Is it relevant to everyone? Does it help you make decisions? Then those are some great questions to ask to help you simplify the dashboard. Because oftentimes what can happen is somebody's really gung-ho about (laughs) getting the dashboard together and they've got about 33 different metrics that they want to put on there. Mm -hmm. And that's where people start getting into overwhelm because only that one person's really paying attention to those. Um, And that might be great for takeaway and further analysis, but it's not an item for a dashboard, if that makes sense. Definitely. And what even could happen is I have five great ideas that I want on a dashboard. And then you tell me, oh, I want my three things on the dashboard. And then somebody else says they want their four things on the dashboard. And I'm just putting it all in one place. And I end up with something that isn't serving either any of us really effectively because it's trying to serve all of us. And so what I think I'm hearing you say is if you've got these different constituencies, making sure you really understand what are the different purposes people are going to have behind looking at the data? And then you could have multiple user groups looking at the same dashboard because they need the same information, but it really does need to be tailored to the, the people that are going to use it. Right. That's that's a key point there that uh, the information is usable by the team members that are there to use it. And um, it, that's the, the brilliance of dashboards comes in the simplicity, not in the complexity. Complexity creates chaos and things not getting done. Um, whereas it's actually much harder to simplify things, right? I mean, we just talked mm-hmm. about, you know, four different people wanting four different metrics <laughs> or more on something, but you will find that you're, it's more easy to multiply and once you simplify. And so that's a key element of creating a dashboard. Absolutely. Definitely. So I know you have a simple framework for dashboarding that you recommend to your clients. So if a business owner is really thinking, okay, I don't have any dashboards. I've maybe heard that word before. Um, I feel convicted. I should start somewhere. Where, where should they start when they're thinking about dashboarding? Absolutely. And so I would love to, to just clarify for a moment too. I mean, we've mentioned the topic dashboards, but I'd love mm. to clarify for folks before I go into the framework there that a dashboard for business is much like the dashboard on your car. You know, it's going to tell you how much gas is in the tank or how much, you know, money's in the bank. It's going to tell you, are you, is your engine overheating? It's going to tell you if it's time for oil change, right? And so it's pretty much a very similar concept to a business-based dashboard, sometimes also even called a scorecard, um, Mm -hmm. as well as another common term for it. But these are typically eight to 15 metrics at the most that are going to give you a state of state of the business. Am I red light good or am I red light bad? Am I green light good, um, so to speak, in the business? And so now that we're clear on what a dashboard actually is, if you are in need of creating one, which uh, I believe pretty much everyone needs to have one, <laughs> um, maybe a little bias there, but um, then I highly suggest following our ABC framework. And so the ABCs to creating simple dashboards is to kick off with A. A is analyze. Before you put anything actually on the dashboard, analyze it and make sure that it's accurate. Make sure that it is, you know, it is relevant to the goals. Make sure that we know if it has seasonality or peaks and valleys because sales might be one thing in December and completely different in July. So being able to analyze and understand the trends already of the metrics you're putting on there will be very, very important. So analyze is why that is the first step is to catch 
anything that's not accurate and to catch those abnormalities. Mm. Make sense? Absolutely. Because um, just the exact example you just gave is so important. If sales are on um, a really seasonal sort of a shape and you're comparing month against month, then comparing July against June, if the big spike happens in August, isn't going to be terribly relevant. And so even just knowing, hey, I should maybe be presenting year over year because that's going to help flatten out the seasonality. Or I should be doing a cumulative, you know, trailing 12 month to see how things are trending. And so even just being able to process the data in different ways Mm -hmm. so that it is, like you said, accurate and relevant and showing a real picture of what's happening as opposed to potentially causing more confusion, which you definitely don't want to get out of a dashboard. I know. How many of us have been in that meeting where we bring where we bring our numbers and then about two seconds before it's our turn to talk, we realize something funny is going on and we don't want to report on those numbers anymore, right? You hope the fire um, alarm goes off. <laughs> exactly. So we want to avoid that because, you know, this, you know, creating a dashboard is a lot like um, kind of considering an iceberg, right? There's, there's actually a lot to it that's underneath the surface mm. and we just see, you know, the pretty part on top. Um, and anal- the analyzing phase of that, that key step is definitely underneath the surface, but that's what's going to help you make a simple and relevant dashboard. Definitely. Um, so right. we talked about A, which is analyze. ABCs, I'm guessing B is next. So what's B? All right. So B is the bottom line. Um, and so this could, I use the term bottom line as to like kind of your show me the money, <laughs> Jerry Maguire moment, like of the goals that are set for the company, of the strategic objectives, um, of the maybe critical projects, like what's the bottom line here? Like what's the real goal that we are shooting for? Is our is our bottom line, um, you know, number one thing that we're focusing on hitting our next million in revenue? Is it getting 10 new team members hired within the next, you know, 60 days? Is it reaching a new sales quota? You know, what are those bottom line metrics that are our bottom line numbers that are going to help you know if you're on track to hitting your your big hairy audacious goals, so to speak? Because if if you are putting in too many things, this is again, this is where we see complexity come in. If you're trying to put in too many things just because you have the information then it's not really helping you make data-driven decisions. We really want to get you to the place where you're making decisions based on the bottom line, and it's a number that people aren't really going to disagree with, if that makes sense, because the last thing you want on a dashboard is something that's very um, you know, open to interpretation. We really want to get it down to black and white. That's great, because like you said, I think something that often happens is there's an understanding between some people on the team of what the bottom line is, but there might be one or more people who actually aren't on the same page. And so even just by the by the very nature of asking these questions of of even, you know, making a statement, I believe that that the key goal that we're that we're all agreed on is this. Does everybody agree? <laughs> um, does anybody have questions? Does does anybody think that's not accurate? And if you have those disagreements, you you should definitely be working them out before you get into the area of, you know, trying to put together this complicated dashboard. Maybe you're the one who has it wrong, right? <laughs> and so um, just figuring out um, what what is that big goal underlying all of it. And 
what I'm hearing as well, um, you know, when you mentioned things like hiring 10 salespeople by the end of the year or as soon as possible, the bottom line might change and it likely does change. Um, and, and that's also an interesting element to think about. Absolutely. That's a great, a great point that you bring up there, Elizabeth, because the, the dashboard is not a one and done thing. It is a living, breathing tool that changes over time because you know what? Objectives change over time. Markets change over time. People change over time. So the, it's very important to kind of set yourself up for about a 90 day check-in mm-hmm. on, Hey, did, did we complete some of the things that are on the dashboard? Okay, great. Do they still need to be here? If not, let's take them off and let's prioritize a new project. What's our next bottom line number that we're going after? Mm, definitely. And, you know, the whole idea, you can't boil the ocean, you can't do everything all at once. So if you can have that um, 90 day check in and say, this is done, we can take these three things off the list, because we do need to add, you know, two more things to the list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So so once you've analyzed what's happening, and you've taught, you've really narrowed in on the bottom line, what's most important, then the third piece is clarity. So we want you to have clear and confident decision-making capabilities. And again, we're talking about the top of the iceberg here. So you've done all the work analyzing and making sure that you're tying things to the most relevant data points in the bottom line. So does, does this metric provide you clarity on whether you spend another $10,000 in marketing? Does this provide clarity on whether you hit your goal? Does this provide clarity on whether you need to start hiring because, you know, you hit a certain trend rate, um, in your growth, growth goals or, um, in your run rate. So, the metrics on there should be providing clarity on you making that next big business decision on how you're moving forward in the business. Mm, that's so critical because I could see data that's going to address, you know, it's it's correct. It's, you can analyze it. It makes sense. It's relevant. It, it aligns with the bottom line goal, but it's either too high level to really know how to impact it or it's it's all looking back. And I don't feel like I can I can do anything based on it, or it's even too small. And you know, I, I see you know if we're tracking things like um, the hits on dirt, certain pages on the website and like all this little stuff that doesn't necessarily let me know the big picture. But if we say, okay, our overall impressions are down, um, <laughs> that might be able to to help provide better information. So really, um, it, it's not you know you really have to take that lens on every piece of data that you're put, putting in the dashboard. Absolutely. So, you know, a great, great example of this, uh, one of the clients that we worked with, uh, she was a blogger. Um, So she was looking at website traffic and her social media handles. And so the first thing we did was analyze, all right, well, where's most of the traffic coming from on the blog right now? And we found that it came down to mostly her email list and her Pinterest accounts. So we pushed pause on a lot of efforts happening on social media and happening on other collaborations Mm -hmm. until we figured out how we could hone in on these two areas. And then we tied that to the bottom line because as a blogger, she was making money based on how many click-throughs were happening um, to what she was selling on the blog. And so the bottom line for her was revenue (laughs) based on those clicks. So we certainly tracked clicks, but really the bottom line number was the earnings for Pinterest and the earnings for email 
led blog views. Um, and what that did was that provided such new clarity on how to win in those areas. So we were able to refine how the emails were sent out. We reduced, you know, some of the content and clickable content that was in her emails. We um, tried new things with her Pinterest strategy and really refined that. And so until we got a very predictable uh, revenue flow coming from those areas. And then we went back to, okay, well, now let's look at Instagram, you know, now that we've really honed in these areas. So that's just an example of us following the ABC framework and then opening up new segments to focus on on her dashboard as well. That's a great example because depending on that big goal, right? If her big goal had been, I want to increase my presence, then you'd make very different decisions based on saying, okay, we're only getting the traffic from two sources. We need to really overinvest in all the other sources so that we get those up to a certain level. But yeah. knowing that it's coming from those two places, um, that that really gives you insight. And then you can think about, okay, I want to do some A-B tests and send out different kinds of emails and see what I get from the different kinds of emails and really just refine the things that are actually working. Absolutely. So yeah, we could have gone a completely different direction if her intention, if her goals were different. So if she wanted to be an influencer that got a lot of collaborations, then she would need to show that she had a ton of followers on her social media channels because that's what most of the collaborators are looking for. So it could have completely shifted uh, based on her revenue stream and where she wanted to focus. Definitely. And tying it to, like you said, the revenue stream um, makes the most sense, I would imagine, for most organizations, because that's that's typically going to be the, the bottom line. But like you were saying earlier, some examples like hiring a certain number of people, that is tied to the bottom line. It's It might not be as explicit as, you know, we, we get revenue X amount of dollars from each person that we hire. But in order to be able to hit your your sales targets, you maybe need to have a certain number of salespeople. Um, and so the bottom line might be impacted in different ways, even though um, the big picture bottom line is really just that revenue, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Even if you're wrong, even if you're completely wrong, let's, let's just say, hey, the goal was to hire 10 new salespeople and generate another $10 million in sales. And we hire 10 new people and we only get eight. Mm -hmm. Well, is, is that still winning? Like it, that the, the, you have the data in front of you now to make decisions on, okay, well, do we want to repeat that? Do we want to refine things? Do we want to, um, you know, go back to the drawing board here? The, the great thing is so many times we are trialing and testing things in business and we don't do a great job of tracking it. So my approach is even if you quote unquote fail, you know, fail forward and use the data at your fingertips to make better and smarter decisions going forward. Mm. That's a really great principle. And I think that is something that a lot of times can can be more comfortable in um, in the corporate world, in places where you have a lot of resources. And that can be something that smaller and, and medium-sized businesses are more risk averse because they, they feel like they they don't have much to lose. But like you said, if if your bottom line is even if it's not perfect, if it's in the right direction, and if you don't get the exact results that you you wanted, at least you're still aiming in that right direction, even if you fell a little short, as opposed to not aiming anywhere or aiming completely off base. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I know a common thing that I see people wanting to test or fearful to test in the small business and online space in particular is running ads. Mm -hmm. So whether it's Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube, you know, Google, there's a lot of different options available, but there's a hesitancy on even starting <laughs> because mm -hmm. what if it, what if it doesn't work? Well, how about we set aside some cash, whether it's a thousand, 2000, you know, can start small, small budgets over time. Um, let's give it a 90 day trial. Let's, I, I like to call it, you know, want to date the theory for a little while. <laughs> you want to date, um, date that method for a little while. We're not getting married to it forever, but we're going to date it for about 90 days. And we're going to see if it works and we're going to put enough funding behind it to, to gauge our comfort level. Mm, that's so key. if we can, if we can spend a thousand dollars and we get $3,000 back. All right. Now we have some fun data. We get to make some decisions on. Definitely. And it, just that whole idea, if if you're saying, okay, we're clear, this is something we're exploring because we, we think that it's going to generate leads for us. We think that it's going to provide an alternative to the in-person networking that we used to do. You can't just say, okay, we're going to put you know $50 on it and do it for three days and oops, it didn't work. And so the more clear you are on what you're trying to accomplish, the more you're able to kind of even understand how how much you need to invest in whatever you're going to be doing, because that's going to be really informed by the importance of the goal to you. Absolutely. And so, yeah, for anyone that's maybe hesitating or um, delaying making some decisions in your business, I would encourage you to take a moment and just think about, well, what, what are the, what's the opportunity that could come out of this and what's the worst case risk? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be out a thousand bucks? Can I survive that? Um, what's the upside? I could make up to $10,000. Is that worth, you know, a testing um, trial period to to make that choice? And so um, once you have that, you know, upside downside analysis, you know, to yourself, then that can really help you make some decisions going forward. And then once you make the decision, like go make it happen. Don't sit on it. Don't write it in your planner and, and carry it to the next page for three months. Um, go ahead and take one step forward. Is it contacting someone that can help you set up the ads? Is it um, figuring out your budget? Is it um, getting the creative or the copy together? I'm using ads as an example here, but um, I want to encourage you, the, the biggest thing that I do see for folks, if you want to improve the numbers on your dashboard, is to take some action and trying new things. Definitely. You know, it's a, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. You're not good. You know, if you, if you keep doing the same things you've always done, you're going to keep getting the results you, you've always mm -hmm. gotten. And um, you could put a lot of time and effort into analyzing the data, coming up with the bottom line, having clarity. But if you're not actually taking action based on those decisions, uh, you know, then it's it's all kind of for nothing because you're not going to see any any sort of a result. So that's a great reminder. Absolutely. So one thing that we've been talking a lot about building a dashboard and tracking data, and I know that that's, you know, that's a lift. That's one thing. Um, but there are maybe some people who feel like, okay, I've, I've kind of done that. I could clean up my dashboard. It could be better. But their really big pain point is on communication of the data. Um, things like, you know, when should I communicate? What should I communicate to who, how, what form? All of those fun questions. So do you have any best practices for leaders that they should think about as they're communicating data? Absolutely. Uh, such a key point too, because if you're not able to clearly communicate with your team and the decision makers, then 
we're we're kind of doing a lot of work without a lot of payoff, right? Mm-hmm. And so to to be at your best for communicating, one one thing I want to share with you in particular is when you are creating a dashboard, please do try to make it visual. I know sometimes we get into a place where um, everything's in a spreadsheet and mm-hmm. and we understand the numbers and we can read and interpret, but do try to make things visual, whether it's using graphs, um, you know, pie charts, you know, bar graphs and, and such, but making it visual, figuring out if you need to be comparing versus last month, last year. Um, those are key communication tools that are going to make, uh, add context and help things make a lot more sense to the person you're presenting it to. Um, there's a, actually a, a quote from the Bible that says, you know, we want to set things up for leaders so that they can understand the vision and make it plain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to see, so that even if they're running, <laughs> they can still understand, you know, are things going up or things going down? Um, and so I like to apply that to your visuals as well. We want to make it so that it's very clear if things are going up or things are going down or if they're the right percentage of the pie uh, very quickly. Definitely. So that's one key tool. That's such a great point. I'll say I am one of probably a few people on the planet. I love Excel. I think it's so fun and I can build a spreadsheet and it shows me everything and I can understand all these columns and rows. I could even show it to somebody who also loves Excel and they'll have a different way that they would enter the data and they might do columns instead of rows that I have or anything else. And they're not even going to be able to understand. So like you said, just uh, it's amazing when you take a spreadsheet and you even just use the built-in charts and graphs in Excel Mm -hmm. and you say, plot the data on a graph, suddenly it comes to life and anybody can see if a line is going up or down, if they're, if, you know, if they're able to see anybody, um, if you've got red or green that cells turn based on whether data is above or below a certain number, um, people see that. And then especially like you said, the busy people, the people who who aren't terribly engaged, um, it's really easy to know what's happening if if you've got these really really simple graphics. So that's that's a great point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then the second thing that it comes down to is the the communication cadence. So when you are you know analyzing following your ABC framework, then it really does come down to how frequently do do we need to be reviewing this as well? Is this something that changes very, very frequently? Then we need to shorten the time frame in which we're reviewing it. Um, mm-hmm. Does it need to be weekly? Does it need to be daily? Um, and then there are some things that could probably wait until more of a monthly review. Um, I will say the higher up in leadership you are, typically you're going to get more monthly <laughs> reviews from your team. Um, but that doesn't mean that the data doesn't need to be tracked at a more granular level. So um, being able to review, you know, sales each week, being able to review um, impressions on, for your website or website hits on a weekly basis, you know, that really does come down to how frequently things are changing. We had a client one time that uh, was really focusing on growing their email list and was very concerned with unsubscribes. And so for a while, we tracked it every single week because that was a a bottom line number for her. And she wanted to make sure that she was understanding why people were unsubscribing. We found that it was such a low percentage (laughs) that it actually came off the dashboard. Um, So sometimes, you know, the frequency, you know, if you're very concerned about something at, at minimum weekly, Um, And then if you find that it doesn't move that much, you can either move it to a monthly item if you still want to keep your eyeballs on it, 
or it could actually, you know, be something that you take off the dashboard completely. But we tend to find that those that are closest to the data need to be looking at it at least on a weekly basis and uh, management positions need to be looking at, at minimum monthly in that review. Definitely. And as, you know, a lower level manager, let's say you're you're a manager of a sales team and you've got a meeting every month or every quarter with the regional vice president or with the, the owner of the company, whatever it might be, you don't want to go into that meeting and that's the first time you're looking at those numbers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the closer you stay to them, the more First of all, you know, you're seeing incrementally over the course of the month, oh my goodness, things are trending down. What can I do to change it so that by the end of the month, when I do have to show this report to my boss, it looks better. But also you have time to explore why certain trends are happening, even things outside your control. At the very least, you can give a reason. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, a bunch of people in that office are on uh, parental leave and we have backfilled, but um, we're still seeing a, a drop in productivity, but that is expected to be addressed by this date. You know, whatever it might be having time to have the story behind it um, is also really helpful. Absolutely. I think it's a key point to mention too, because so much of the time we think, oh, the dashboard is going to be the thing that cures it. But really the dashboard is the communication tool. You are the one that's adding, you know, more context, um, adding the story behind the data. And that's such a key role. And it's one not to overlook. Um, because you know, you're, you're right. You know, if, if sales, if we see that, you know, sales spike every Thursday, <laughs> then and we get to the meeting with the boss and they're like, well, why did, why does sales spike every Thursday? And that's your first time looking at it. We've got a problem, but yep. th- think about how much opportunity there is in there. Like, Ooh, if we could figure out what spikes on Thursday, can we repeat that somewhere else? Or do we want it to spike on Thursday? We want to move it to a Tuesday, you know, maybe that helps with shipping or something. Absolutely. Um, so finding those, you want to find those outliers. Those outliers are where there's so many golden nuggets that if you can uncover the outliers, that's where shifts really start to happen in business. Definitely. And I think a summary to a lot of this is just start. And like you said, you know, you're tracking unsubscribes, you're tracking whatever, and you notice, wow, this never changes. Or it's, you know, it's always 1% or 0.001%. If you're still really interested in it, we can we can certainly keep it on a dashboard, but we, do, we don't necessarily need to report on it every week. But then likely what will happen is you're going to see something that changes wildly over the course of a month. And you'll think, okay, this one I really do need to pay attention to on a shorter timetable to see what's causing those wild swings back and forth. And so um, you may need to make some changes just based on the data that you start to see coming in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's what it really should be doing. You should be this should be driving conversation and it should be driving decisions. Um, if it's just a update, then it's not really doing much for you and probably needs to be revisited. Absolutely. Um, this shouldn't be something that you're just kind of checking off on a list of, look, I have a dashboard and I have a monthly dashboard review meeting. But um, it's really, like you said, going all the way back to the beginning, it's about making, knowing how numbers can help you and figuring out what they're going to help you with. Um, it's not just having numbers for numbers sake. One of the most powerful, um, you know, dashboards because we had so much data at the time was when I was in manufacturing. And so we had basically dashboards for every single machine out on the floor. So think about, you know, a hundred machines out on the floor. Um, and 
we could very easily see when there were spikes and was it a spike across the board? Oh, did we have a power blip? Um, or maybe we're spiking on these two machines in the far left corner is something off with the air quality <laughs> over uh-huh. there. Um, or maybe we noticed that one particular shift sees a lot more issues than another. Let's check in with that shift. Let's hear from them on how they're doing things. So um, just kind of give you some context on um, what's possible when you have that level of communication. Absolutely. And that really leads to, um, you know, even just thinking about, do you want to have um, a shift lead, have that information right in front of them so they don't even have to have that level of communication and really thinking about um, as much as possible, presenting the right information to the right people early enough that they can make an impact to it, whether it's because they can get in the middle of something before it gets worse, or they can notice that trend, like you said, you know, if every Thursday something spikes, um, and at the very least before 10 more Thursdays go by, (laughs) figure out why that (laughs) might be happening. Absolutely. Um, This has been really great. I I think, um, I love how you just simplify all of this. And it, it can seem overwhelming, but like, um, I, I hope our listeners are hearing and thinking, you know what, I can do actually do this. This is something I can, I can manage and take on. Um, but I, I always like to ask our guests, do you have any resources that you would recommend to our listeners? It could be very related to everything we've been talking about, or if there's just something else that you, that you find really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have actually two things that I would highly encourage you to check out. Uh, number one would be the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, he's really talking about what they call the EOS, um, formula. So the entrepreneurial operating system, especially if those of you that are entrepreneurs, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, it's a really great walkthrough of, you know, from how to set up your team to your product mix and such. But the second core piece is on the scorecard or on the dashboard. And so I really like how he brings um, some more clarity on how that can be applied to your business as well. So if this kind of whet your appetite, (laughs) then that would be a great one um, to go back and read um, either, you know, Audible or, or, you know, grab it on Amazon there. But I would highly recommend the book Traction. Definitely. And then the second piece, if if you would like to get started, maybe get some more clarity on, on what metrics should make it to your dashboard, then I'd love to share with you my 12 metrics. And so you can literally go to the website, 12 metrics, that's one, two metrics.com. And I am going to walk you through the top 12 metrics that I see business owners needing to increase profits and team cohesion in their businesses. So that's my gift to you um, is the 12 metrics checklist. And what goes alongside that is actually a set of um, three to four minute videos uh, talking about each one of the metrics as well. So you actually have some clarity on why this is important and why you should use it. Definitely. That sounds great. And um, I I imagine I will be pointing a lot of people to that website in the future. This has been a lot of fun, Lane. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are interested in potentially reaching out to you and learning more about you. So if they should do that, um, where would you recommend that they go? Absolutely. I'd love for you to come hang out with me and check out my website. I'm at theprojectbooth.com. And so just 
go to that main webpage and there's a couple different resources for you. I'd be delighted if you'd um, come hang out with us in our Facebook group called Simplify and Scale. Um, or if you'd like to talk more about dashboards in the top right hand corner, you can book a call and we'll chat with you about what it looks like to uh, put together dashboards that will help you make more profits in your business. Definitely. All right. Thank you so, so much for being with me today, Lane. This was tons of fun. My pleasure. Definitely a lot of fun. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything Lane and I have been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 316. And if you enjoyed this conversation, and I'm guessing you did, um, you can subscribe to the show. And that way you'll get every new episode as soon as it goes live. You can subscribe for free wherever it is that you're listening now. We would also love it if you would recommend this to a friend. That is the best way to help more people discover the show. We love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts or email us with feedback, questions, and guest suggestions at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook and check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success. Happy selling!